Testing one, two. Testing, testing, one, two. Testing, I'm talking about... uh, uh... Ah, here we go. Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number four. Oh, my goodness. And today, we're going to be asking a question. The question is, are you doing the best for your birds in your backyard? So, Brian, are you doing the best for your birds? I like to think I'm doing the best for my birds. (laughs) But, you know, some of the things we'll talk about today could be a little bit of a checklist for you to see... (laughs) Am I doing everything I could to really do my best? Are there some things that maybe I could step up on or even start? You know, maybe there's a little fear factor on something in this that we'll talk about today. And how can you get past that? And, you know, we're not going to fix anyone's fears today. But the benefits of doing some of these things, yeah, we'll get into some of that. But I tell you what, even what are some of those top few things that you can actually see real results on fairly quickly? So I'm looking forward to digging into that. Oh, come on. I thought you were going to tell me. Doggone it. I guess, I, got, <laughs> I guess we'll all have to stick around to hear what Brian has to say. All right, Brian. Hard to believe. 40. This is our 40th podcast. That's pretty Can you exciting. this, dude? That's <laughs> unbelievable. But how much fun have we had? Absolutely. How oh. much fun has this been? having such a blast and i i just have loved um, just the fun of doing this together but having all sorts of people reach out and let us know how much they they look forward to this how much they're learning yeah and that you know what we get to share this joy of birds and nature in your backyard and and people enjoy hearing about it so that's the best part for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, again, you and I have a lot of fun doing this, and we really hope our audience has our sense of humor and enjoys it as much as we do. Because <laughs> we kind of get out there every once in a while, don't we? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. But hey, you know, it's birds and nature, yeah. and we just let nature be our guide. So, well, you, know, when, you know, right now, I don't I, you know, my well, backyard. <laughs> honestly, it's, it, I, this sounds trite as can be, but it really is the joy. This is what lights oh, us yeah. up. This is what brings us joy, and we love sharing it with everybody. So, speaking of sharing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we always talk about what's going on in our yard. So, <laughs> yes. anything exciting in your backyard? Well, I got to tell you, John, and I think your yard might be similar <laughs> to mine. There's not a lot going on in my backyard right now. And yeah. I know it's not my fault. It's just a seasonal thing. Sometimes you know, the yard gets quiet with I, bird activity. I know where you can get some expert advice to help that problem. One eight hundred. Yeah, John and Brian. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh wait, no, the local Wild Birds Unlimited store. Yeah. Well, it's not uncommon. This is fall, and this is when the the natural food supply is absolutely at its most abundant. And for many of the things that the birds are feeding on this year, now in our area, it's not true, obviously, coast to coast, border to border, and cross border into Canada. Mm -hmm. But for here, in in where we're at in the the Midwest, we've had an incredible growing season. Uh, We've had tons of rain. I've got over... (laughs) I'm doing the dog paddle right now. I have had over two and a half inches of rain. 
in the last 48 hours. We're over my rain gauge and keeping, we're, we're, we're right now roughly at the end of October where we should be for a full annual uh, mm -hmm. rainfall. It, it, this part of the country gets about 40 to 43 inches of rain per year on average, and we are at 43 inches right now. So, so which is crazy, which is any crazy, yeah. but because of all that rain, my gosh, I, I spent some time last week traveling with some uh, naturalist friends of mine, the crop of like wall, the walnuts trees around the Midwest are just amazing. It's, how I've never ever yeah, seen uh, the crop of walnuts more dense on these trees than, than, <laughs> than I have this year. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The, the, like the hawthorns and the crab apples just loaded with, with fruit. Uh, you know, acorns, we're getting a really good mass crop of acorns this year. Mm -hmm. The weed species, because of all the rain, you've got huge amounts of, of uh, you know, little weed seeds available to the birds left and right. So yeah. it's not Which uncommon. goes back to our sparrows episode. Yeah. Episode 39, all those weed seeds. Don't take them out of your yard if you have all those little weed seeds. Those yeah. sparrows yeah. are going to love yeah. them. So yeah. it's really not uncommon yeah. for you to see a little lull this time of year in your backyard if that's the that's, if that's right. the case because the the natural food supply, which is the first choice of the birds, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's where they're going to go and it's really abundant right now. So they're hitting that instead yeah. of our feeders to some extent. Although you got your loyal ones, I've still got my mm -hmm. hairy woodpecker. I'm the number one bird probably at my my woodpecker station, believe it or not, are hairy woodpeckers, which is kind of cool because I'm just jealous. Yeah. Yeah, you that, still have them. Yeah, that, that's a bird that probably <laughs> ten years ago was an incredibly rare visitor, but you know seems to have. Um, uh, we've had that emerald ash borer here in the Midwest, and it's mm -hmm. created a lot of nesting space and a lot of extra food. And they seem to really benefit it from the abundance of, of food and, and nesting availability, uh, nesting cavity availability. But so hairy woodpeckers, I still have pileated uh, downy red belly. Don't have any flickers yep. right now. I haven't seen a flicker in a long time. I've got flickers in the neighborhood. They're okay. just not hitting the feeders. Yeah. And and like you said, you know, <laughs> birds are all over the natural foods. And no matter what foods we supplement by putting in our feeders in our yard, yeah. they we're not going to compete with the natural foods. And yeah. we don't need to compete with them. And that's okay because our foods in our yards, it's that's what we're drawing them in with. And it's just a supplement yeah. day in and day out for them. But I've had... My, as we've talked about before, the woodpeckers, the, the true blue visitor to the feeders. I've had my downy woodpeckers. They're in every day. Um, but all the other birds, I know they haven't left. They're not gone. They're bouncing around. I, I see them in the trees. I hear them in the trees. Yeah. Take a walk in the neighborhood. They're around in the neighborhood. But like you said, they're all over all the natural foods. So having a quiet yard, eh, yeah. you know what? My yard's technically not quiet. Yeah, yeah. My feeders are quiet. Yeah. They're just not on the feeders. They're on all yeah. the natural foods. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciated about having all these native plantings in my yard. And all these things we've been yeah. talking about, yeah. about setting up your yard as best you can to be able to provide those natural foods for the birds. Again, last week traveling. And as this little you know country road that we had to go to and from to get to it. Had walnut trees. Remember, I mentioned the walnuts, and that, that's what yes. I was watching. Oh, this yeah. mass. Well, these walnuts are just falling to the ground constantly, and Boom. people are driving over them. Boom. So, oh, whenever yeah. we approached all these walnuts that have been crushed by cars, 
Mm-hmm. All these birds were down on the on the pavement, and we didn't stop. I wish we'd stopped and actually really figured out which ones were which. I know there was at least a downy woodpecker that flew away, but there'd be four or five uh, birds down on those crushed walnuts, picking wow. up the nut meat from the walnuts, mm-hmm. and then flying away as we drove up and approached them. That that was That's so, so cool. cool to see. That is so cool. Like you said before, it is a mast year, M-A-S-T, for anyone who doesn't know what that means. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I love the mast years. Uh, The mast years when you have a a bumper crop of nuts on trees. Those tree nuts, tree seeds. Yeah. And it is that if you have walnuts, if you're in an area with walnuts or like the Midwest right now with walnuts and acorns and everything you said, it's like crazy. Yeah. And those yeah. are the, those are good places to yeah. pay attention to. If you don't have birds at your feeders, watch for that. Yeah. If anyone's got acorn trees nearby or walnut trees nearby, hickories. Um, and that's just pretty much your deciduous forest. Um, the crazy part too, though, John is out West. We've had so much rain out West this year it has been so dry, so very dry. Um, and so that's a, a completely different focus yeah. for people. And you, you may not have a lot of activity in your, in your yard, but mm-hmm. you may be inundated mm-hmm. if you have water sources for right. your birds and right. if you have bird feeders. Uh, so it's everyone's situation is a little different. So it's doing what's right for the birds in your area. So again, if you're out west, you know, you want to do the, am I doing the right thing? Well, absolutely. If you're out west, if you're putting water out there and, and you've had such a dry season, if you're putting feeders out, I, I would assume that many parts of the west, the natural food supply is very, very limited due mm-hmm. to the drought, due to the fires, due to a lot of other reasons. So doing the right thing, simple as that. I, I've got a, I've got a friend that's, you know, you still have a hummingbird feeder out? Oh, Yes. I still have a hummingbird feeder. I have a friend. He's kind of uh, in a quandary in the sense of he has a very rare hummingbird for Indiana, a Rufus hummingbird coming to his feeders. Nice. And, uh, he, nice. and he's, he too, again, I think all of us who know the story of the Rufus hummingbird, it's a, it's a Western hummingbird that for whatever reason, just a handful of them seem to come east. Instead, they, they typically would nest down in Mexico, basically, you know, the, the Central America, mostly Mexico. Baja so Peninsula. winter, winter down in Mexico. What did I say? Nest. <laughs> Thank you. Let's, You're welcome. Yeah. We'll catch that now. That, that's a no. That's good. I'm glad you caught that. Yes. They say so typically winter down in Mexico, Baja Peninsula, you know, Central America, Northern Central America. And, uh, but sometimes for whatever reason, just a handful of them decide to come East this time mm-hmm. of year and they hang around at feeders. Um, I actually had a neighbor just across the, the, uh, lake from me who had a hummingbird feeder out and got one and kept it through December. It didn't leave until early January. We did our Christmas bird count. That's so much fun. Yeah. We did our Christmas <laughs> bird count. On like the, and and like, that's why we say, leave your feeders yeah, up. If yeah. you, if you live in an area where the, all the hummingbirds migrate out, leave them up for yeah. a, a number of weeks yeah. and just to see what happens. Yeah. All right, Brian. So, <laughs> Seven simple actions? Really? Oh, yeah. What are you know? What are those? <laughs> well, we have covered our seven simple actions kind of a step-by-step in the past, back in uh, episode 20. And just to do a quick iteration on them, and then we're going to dig into just a few of them. It, yeah, and if I may, uh, it's like, okay, where did these seven simple actions come from? Who made them up? Good Why point. did they make them up? So just a real quick primer, if you will, on the backstory of these. 
you know, back, gosh, it's been about three years ago, a, a, a study mm-hmm. was done of all the data from birds, you know, that everything from Christmas bird counts to, you know, uh, breeding bird surveys to all the different data that's out, eBird, using eBird a lot to come up with data to determine the, the health of the population of birds in, in North America. And it was a startling, startling result in regards to about one third of the population, the total population, all birds combined, about one third of that population has disappeared in the last 50 years uh, for various reasons, lots and lots yes. of different reasons. And so and a, a very startling report to, to realize that in 50 years, yeah. that we should have a third more of the breeding birds in North America right yeah. now. Yeah, it's about 3 billion birds. It's about 3 billion bird decline mm-hmm. in total population of birds in North America in 50 years. So the ornithologists and the agencies, and this was a big joint. This was multiple agencies and organizations um, that did the study and, and published the study. They came up wanting to be positive, wanting to come up with things that, you know, all of us could do and empower all of us to take action to help, uh, came up with these seven simple actions we can all do. They can make a difference and hopefully at least stabilize, if not bring back some of these bird populations and, and certainly some of the individual bird species that have suffered some amazing declines, to be quite honest. You know, like mm-hmm. evening grosbeak. Evening grosbeak has lost 90% of its population in the last 50 years. And that's crazy. It's stunning. Uh, just crazy. And it's a beautiful, if you've never seen an evening grosbeak, it is a beautiful yellow and mm-hmm. black with a little bit of white in this, in this bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and that a lot of times, you know, if, especially if you live out West in a mountainous area or a boreal forest area up in the, up in the North, um, you might be able to see them and they do regularly come to bird feeders and eat sunflower seeds and such. Uh, but to lose so many of them, yeah. uh, and it's, I've always enjoyed being able to travel and see them. Um, but really hoping that we can help bring them back. And there mm-hmm. are ways to do that. And that's what the seven simple actions are about. Things that people can do in their kind of their daily life as well as ongoing um, activities. Yeah. So to cover them, let's let's go through them. Yeah, let's just um, pop through them. Yeah. So number one is all about plant native plants. We've covered a lot about that and the benefits of planting native plants, what it does for the birds. But number two, having native plants Number two is about avoiding pesticides. Mm-hmm. Try not to kill all the insects because we actually have only a few insects that give all the other insects a bad name. Yeah. And uh, most of our insects are actually very beneficial and man- basically manage one another's populations, if yeah, we're you will. Gonna, we're but gonna they go feed the, the birds. Yeah, we're, we're going to go a little bit more in detail on this one. And I think both of us have some some good Just stories a, about yes. when people do use pesticides around the house, what the what the results really can be. So, yes. Yeah. Um, number three, keep cats indoors. And everyone knows, ah, Fluffy is not going to go for birds. But if you really think about it, um, it the, the cats we we have as our pets, we can help manage that. Uh, because we know cats do naturally just hunt. It's a natural instinct. They're very good at it. So cute and cuddly little furry critters. Um, let's help keep the birds safe by keeping them indoors. But number four, make windows safer. And uh, there are a lot of things you can do. It's fall migration. Things are moving. And we've talked a little bit about that in the past too. Make your windows safer. Number five, drink bird-friendly coffee. You know, all these birds that migrate down into Central and South America, 
a lot of times they end up going to coffee plantations. This happens to be my favorite simple action. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice, nice little All right, bird-friendly coffee. You got it. Bird-friendly coffee. <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> That's right. Uh, number six. I love this one, too. Watch birds. Yeah, uh, but well, not I, just yeah. watch birds, but share what you see. While drinking coffee. <laughs> while drinking that bird-friendly coffee through your through your safe window. There you while go. Your cat's, while your cat's sitting next to you enjoying the birds as well from inside. Actually, I resemble that remark right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my cat and my dogs enjoy that. Um, and then number seven is all about plastics and minimize the amount of plastics that we utilize in our daily lives. Uh, obviously, recycling is a huge benefit too, but minimizing our plastic use. So those are the seven simple actions, but we don't want to try to go over all of those, do we, John? We want to really dive into a few things that we can really make a difference and actually see a difference in our yards. Well, and there are things you can do right now. I mean, really, truly, there are things that you are hopefully very applicable to where we're at this point in the year. And, and uh, you know, we... we we talked about the pesticides. Maybe that was not as applicable. Most most of the, the heavy pesticide use is spring and summer, and we're we're into fall, and not not too many people using pesticides. But and you know, I think it depends on your your where you live. True. Maybe there's True. some some fall applications going on, or sure. some overwinter applications. Yeah, absolutely. I want to share. I, I was at a relative's house, and it's a fairly it, it's a it's a condo that's on a lake. But, you know, at some point I thought, well, you know, I'll go around, just look at the lake and, and check out their yard and, and look around. <laughs> and it really struck me. Their their landscaping is all non-native. Mm-hmm. You know, it's boxwoods and non-native flowers and that type of thing. And Which can be pretty. Which can be pretty, but again, mm-hmm. not going not gonna to draw a lot of insects uh, to any of that. Right. And, and, you know, I'm walking around this entire house. And then they've got like a second story deck and you can walk underneath the deck and see the, the, oh, yeah. the floor joists, which you would mm-hmm. expect to see, you know, maybe paper wasp nest up there. You'd expect to see spider webs that, you know, mm-hmm. the hummingbirds might come in and get nesting material from. And, and you said this was about that August time. Yeah. Maybe That'd August, be- September, which is kind of the month of the spider. Yeah. Yeah. In which North America. Spi- yeah. Should have been spiders, <laughs> spiders galore, everywhere. Right? I'm not kidding, Brian. I didn't see a single insect of any type, no spiders, no insects, nothing around this. And they're on a lake, you know, Mm -hmm. but the yard is just, you know, and people, you know, I'm probably going to get myself in trouble here because, you know, (laughs) that's heaven for a lot of people. No insects, a perfectly manicured landscape Mm -hmm. and a perfectly Mm -hmm. manicured yard without a single weed, just this beautiful grass. And don't get me wrong, it is nice. I get it. But, you know, it's just if you want birds and you want the diversity of life around your daily life, Mm -hmm. that's not going to do it. That's not. I was just stunned that I didn't literally didn't find a single living creature (laughs) anywhere and walking all the way around their house and all around their landscaping beds. Nothing. Wow. That's just so indicative of of, you you hearken back to. Leaving native plants and native mm-hmm. plants attract native insects and that attracts the birds. The yeah. native plants attract the birds and the native insects attract the birds. Yeah. I did uh, I did find out later that they do actually have a company come out once a month and apply pesticides. So wow, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, 
you do have to address there are some folks that are like really freaked out about bugs they just have this fear of different all insects or just certain insects and no we're not going to change anyone's mind on uh, you're not going to be afraid of these insects anymore Uh, we're not going to change your mind today on any of that but when you really look at your yard and your habitat and if you can start to minimize any insecticide use to allow the native beneficial yep. insects to, to live there um, and live in harmony uh, with you. Um, There's still things, you know, still some things you can yeah. do to yeah. take out some of the other insects as well. well but, and, and that's what we're asking. Yeah. And you, I get what it. If you, I, I what told, if you minimize I, it? I, I do yeah. totally get it. I, but I'm an idealist and, and think that, you know, things are possible <laughs> and you know, how, how cool would it be? And we're seeing this. We're seeing a, the, yeah. the, uh, the people adopting native plants left and right on mm-hmm. everything from office building landscaping to home landscaping to everything else, parks, you know, everything else. It's becoming but, you know, quite a you, movement to do more native plantings, which is really fabulous. Can you imagine if we could talk that condo association into, you know, right now, if you if you tried to have that kind of yard in that association, they'd probably throw you out of the association. You know, you'd probably, <laughs> they'd probably put a lien on your house or something. But can you imagine if we could convince them? Can you imagine the difference it would make in the bird population around there? If we could yeah. convince that condo association to allow people to do native landscaping around their yard and, and, uh, trim out the use of pesticides and, and yeah. you know, it's well, just, cause the native landscaping can be just as beautiful. Oh, absolutely. And, and just as aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, but then it's going to benefit our native insects and it's going to benefit the birds. I just, I just, that, that was one of those things that I had seen recently that was just like, just really brought it home to me that, you know, it's just, it's, it's a biological desert. When you mm-hmm. have that kind of landscape and that kind of uh, pesticide application, it's just a biological desert around that house, which right. you're not going to see anything. So that's two, you know, pesticides and native plants for sure. And, and we've beaten the drum. We've beaten the drum for that uh, <laughs> many, many times. And so apologize to anybody that's like, come on, John and Brian, move on. Come on, get over it. Uh, but... What other is our, I think you mentioned window strikes. and, and Window strikes, and for like, sure. Wait, wait, that wait, isn't. Make windows yeah. safe. And it's like, what do you mean safe? Yes. Well, you know? mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't want me to break the window <laughs> or what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I certainly don't want any birds breaking my windows, but it's, uh, it's <laughs> I've had the situation where birds have broken themselves against my windows. And it just, it, that just sorry to say break so many times, but it truly does break my heart. If yeah. a bird ever yeah. runs into any of my windows, uh, I just, I, I just, it, mm, uh, yeah, it's so sad. Um, uh, and, and I'm trying to do my best for the birds and I don't want to attract them into a, a more naturalized area and, and have them come into harm's way. Uh, so making windows safer for birds is all about when birds see a window, yeah. they don't, actually see the window they see a natural reflection right there which is a passageway in a building and so they think they can fly through it and obviously yeah a, are, a, a are, pane of glass is yeah. not gonna let them pass are they seeing the reflection in the window right. so what they are seeing, seeing their glass, own, yes. they see the reflection of the trees and the grass <laughs> yeah. and everything else and they think oh wow yeah more yard i can fly right, right through there look at that and boom right yeah 
So in making them safer is making them more visible to the birds. That's really what it's yes. all about. And there's lots and lots of different techniques out there uh, in regards to there are apes. Well, there's so many things yeah, out there. Yeah, there's so many options out there. And we have some good information on our uh, WBU.com website and, and probably put some uh, good information on our show notes too on some of these different ways of doing it, our uh, links to some of the different products that are out there. But oh, whatever definitely. it is, it, the whole purpose is to make that window more visible to the birds. Mm-hmm. And so, like right now, I'm sitting looking at a three-foot by five-foot picture window that has been in front of my office desk now for a year and a half. And I have what they call an Acopian bird saver. And it's nothing more than hanging. Um, in my case, I've got uh, just little bits of string, little you know strips of, of string that come down from the top of the window all the way to the bottom. And they're a couple of four inches apart. And that's just enough. They move around a little bit in the wind and those strings hanging down don't really, I mean, it's not quite the same as having nothing there, but they don't really bother my view. And especially the farther away and being up close like this, I do see them. If I'm sitting back, you know, at the other side of the room, I don't see them at all. Uh, but it's enough for the birds to see them and, and they will avoid the window because they see these bits of these strips of string hanging down. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just yeah. making it visible. Yeah. There are other applications too. Similar to that, there's a, the stickers yeah. in strips or dots. Um, one of the main products is called bird tape, uh, all one word, bird tape. And you can apply that to your windows. And then the birds see that mm-hmm. as a holographic reflection. Um, but you also, it's also about how you apply it to your window so that they don't see it and think, oh, I can fly between the... <laughs> Right, right. The, the the application. So there are instructions. There are things you can do with that. Yeah, and some people um, are really high on just using the the real reflective holographic tape. The oh, strips. the holographic yeah, uh, just, scare tape. Yeah, the scare tape, and just yep. hang that down, and the, and it moves real easy. It doesn't take hardly any wind to make it move. And right. When it's moving, it's reflecting and shining, and it scares the mm-hmm. birds from being able to you know. Uh, from flying into the windows, so. And that's that's kind of a take between the Acopian bird saver and the and the bird tape. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a, a blend between the two. So plenty of options. Yeah. We'll definitely throw things in the show notes uh, to help you make your windows safe and yeah. uh, options to help you to be able to see, see through your windows and enjoy the birds, but also yeah. let the birds recognize that is not a safe passageway yeah. to try to fly yeah. through. So, Brian, there are things we can do. We can make a difference. Yes. And, and I, I mentioned I was... I'm traveling with a bunch of my naturalist friends and, and these are all folks that I've known for literally 40 years. And, and we all had careers as naturalists, professional naturalists in parks and, and agencies and that type of thing. And, uh, as you can imagine, a bunch of old codgers getting together and, you know, did we do any good? Did we make a difference <laughs> in the world? You know? And cause we all came out Which of Which is a question a lot of us ask yeah. uh, quite often. Yeah. I, we, are, is what we're doing is what I, yeah. I am doing, making yeah. a difference. Is it, am I doing my best for the birds, right? Yeah. yeah. We all came out of school. We were the young Turks. We were going to save the planet. You know, we were going to make a difference. And and we now look back and say, did we do anything? And, and you know, some, some places maybe didn't do what we wanted to do or didn't make the changes we wanted to make. But other places, absolutely. And this is kind of one of these. When you look at all the birds and when you look at the things that we as a society have decided to value and protect 
and try to keep mm-hmm. on this planet. And I'm talking about endangered species, everything from peregrine falcon to eat bald eagle to mammals like the river otters and, and you know, I could get the black footed ferret. I could go on and on and on. Every one of those species that we targeted starting back in the, in the seventies as species that we were going to help and bring back from the brink of extinction. You know what? Pretty much we did it. We were able to do what needed to be done to bring mm-hmm. the habitat back for the Kirtland's warbler. So now the Kirtland's warbler is solid again. You know, the bald eagle is abundant. You know, peregrine falcons are not an uncommon thing to see in our cities. I could go mm-hmm. on and on. We did make a difference and we did bring about change. And that's what we can all do together when it comes to doing what's right for your birds. There is hope. There is. Uh, that's the message. And that when we're doing our best for the birds, we know that we can make a difference. Even small little differences, small little things we start at home. And if everyone starts doing a little bit, we'll we'll make huge strides. You know, we're, we didn't tackle every one of these seven steps, uh, but we do have them in our show notes. You can learn more about them. Go back to previous episodes as well. We'll have those in the show notes. So I hope everyone has enjoyed listening today, but also learned some things. And maybe there's that spark where you're like, you know what? I I could do a little bit more right here. Or I could start doing that. It's pretty simple, right? Just one thing at a time. (laughs) And if everyone does one thing at a time, I can drink more coffee. I'll drink to that. And watch more birds. That's right. All right, Brian. I think we've uh, done enough damage for one day. It's time to kind of wrap it up. Well, I hope everyone did enjoy. You do have that spark, that idea you're going to start to run with. And please rate and review us. Love to hear and see what everyone thinks about the podcast. Appreciate you listening. Absolutely. And please join us next time. And we're going to kind of let nature be our guide as to the topic. We've got a couple of ideas and we just need to thin it down to which one we're going to tackle, but guarantee it'll be a fun, fun episode. Looking oh, forward. indeed. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So until then, please take care and be safe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of nature centered to subscribe to this podcast for show notes or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered. <laughs>